Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This week in league, Albert Kelly sidelined with a grade three pain in his heart after stepping on the wrong toes. Confused virgins everywhere furious at Peter Valandis as he vows to eliminate all wrestling. After losing the worst game of rugby league in history, the Tigers officially take over the Washington Generals as the shittest team in all of sports. Plus, we look ahead to all the action for Round 5 of the 2022 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 452 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. Fellas. Happy birthday, Jay. Yep, that's how we're going to start this off. Happy birthday, stepdad. It's not often that we're actually recording an episode or you know that it falls on the on the exact birthday, but uh, it's happened. There we go. Thank you, boys. Had a wondrous grown-up birthday of going to work. Yeah. Did you have a special? Did you have, did you have a special dinner or anything before you came on? Or? Um, no. Uh, Stepdad Junior's with his mother this week, so yep. we'll uh, we'll wait until he's back and do all the frivolities and that sort of stuff. Then. Oh, okay. Um, that, oh, so you so you're not getting you know, get a special grown ups dinner at a place where kids would not normally uh, we'll, be welcome. We will do that on the weekend. Uh, but no, the the big family celebrations will do later on, but. Uh, no, Mrs. Stepdad will take me out for dinner on the weekend. Very and good. Then Very proceed good. Proceed to pretend like she's not disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Just for one day. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, this week. Uh, in regards to uh, the news sort of things, there's a couple of things I want to discuss. We do still have that spectre of opinion style shit hanging hanging over us, but the opinion style stuff has brought together, like, I don't know if you want to call it a conspiracy theory or a, a rumor, but it seems like it's gaining a little bit of steam with the potential outcome of the much maligned Luke Brooks. Potentially in a player swap with Kyle Flanagan between the Dogs and the Tigers. But the conspiracy part is as part of a master plan that then results in the sacking of Madge and the installation of Flano Senior as West Tigers coach. And I just... I, I, do I do I believe it? Not, not particularly. I just wanted to hear Glenn talk about it. <laughs> Why? Say it happened. Say it happened. Put yourself in the shoes of a little a little West Tigers fan that could is gradually starting to couldn't. Perhaps he's finding it's not as easy to could as he, as it used to be able to. <laughs> Maybe he needs to get some little orange and black pills. So the little West Tiger that stopped. 
Um, look, <clears throat> I said, <laughs> I actually said a couple of weeks ago, something needs to change. Um, I don't necessarily agree that it's the coach again. Um, we've been down that road several times. Um, and we still seem to have this habit of developing a playing group that wants to have a mind of its own but hasn't earned the right to have a mind of its own and 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 want to control things. They, they haven't earned that right. The, the, a playing group... The irony is a playing group like the Melbourne Storm has or the Roosters have, would have, should have that kind of pull within their organisation. Um the irony is they would never dare to do that playing for Robbo or, or Bellamy or, you know, any Bennett coach team or whatever. Yeah. So whether that's a culture thing and, and, and if it is, it's transcended through multiple CEOs, multiple coaches, generational changes of playing group. Like, I don't know. There's not one common denominator other than the logo on the jersey, which is probably the scariest thing, um, that that dictates why the club is wired that way. You you know, the the current incarnation of of Pasco and, um, you know, and Madge and that situation is one thing, but we've been through Grant Mayer with... You know, we've been through Mick Potter, Jason Taylor. We've had Benji. We've had Robbie. Grant was a good operator too. Yeah. I, I he was he seemed to polarize people, but I I was a fan. I met him several times. I had you know caught up different members functions and stuff like that um, when they come up to to Brisbane and stuff. And I never I always never liked had him when he was with Manly. And and he's gone on to quite successful roles. He had a uh, I think he was. What is he doing now anyway? I think he was. Um, Something whether uh, I don't know if it's that the A League itself or maybe the um, Adelaide club. He was like CEO or something. That's a fucking stretch for success. Not only is he in soccer, <laughs> Adelaide part of soccer. <laughs> <laughs> it's as far as Australian sport goes. It's still a it's still a high ranking position. I mean, would you rather do that or fucking be the CEO uh, of the Tigers? But it, no, is it though? Answer how my many, fucking question. How, how would you rather be the CEO of the Adelaide soccer team or the West fucking Tigers? <laughs> no, no, true. I'd rather I'd rather not be the CEO of the Tigers. But but if the only position under yours. Is the CEO of the West Tigers? That doesn't make you a highly ranked position. It's, it's. Um, I see where you're coming from, but I think. Yep. Do you know what the West Tigers have have never done? Set themselves on In, fire. Oh, <laughs> metaphorically, um, they've never sat down and owned who they are. They've never sat down, and and it's not a hard thing to do, really. That whole like after. Decades in the the corporate world, it is so easy to see a culture of sugarcoating and pretense versus a culture of realism and determination. And they are drastically different to work in. They're drastically different to achieve results within. You know? Um, Wholeheartedly agree. Worked in both. (laughs) the, The West Tigers have this thing where at the start of every season, they are such and such has been training the house down. This is our year. The boys have never been sharper. We're ready for this. You know, for us, if it's not finals this year, it's a failure. 
look, that that's fine. But at no stage has there ever been any accountability and ownership to turn around and say exactly what you've said, Glenn. We are in a position where we need to change everything about our club, our culture, how we operate, you know, from, from the ground up. We're in a bad position with our salary cap. We're in a bad position with our talent pool. These guys out here, they try their guts out every week. But but there is a talent deficit. They're in a better position with their salary cap than they have been for at least five years. Luke Brooks is getting paid one point one million dollars next year. What did, did did any of you guys get to the bottom of that shit? Like, remember how like, I, you I saw believe that, it's official. Like, but then the, the, there's on one hand is that story, and the other hand is is that like a fuck you Bulldogs? Like, here, quick sign this one point three million dollar contract, and then play a swap for fucking Flano. Yeah. Good luck, Bulldogs. <laughs> uh, just quick one is is Brooks on the last year of the contract he signed pre Big Three breakup? Or has there been another contract since no, then? No, he's extended since then. Oh, has he? Okay. Yeah. Fuck. Well, that's on the club then. Absolutely. Because if he got them for this long a deal, like a five-year or something... Mm, no. Yeah, no, no, he's extended since then. Okay, fuck that. Um, but do you remember... Um, it was the last year that Madge was at Souths, and they were terrible. They were fucking terrible. And they sent out a letter to their fans that said, we're sorry. We're in a poor position with our salary cap. We've back-ended a bunch of deals. Um, we really don't have much to, to any room to move here. We are now going to enter a rebuilding phase and it is going to take us, you know, a number of years to become competitive again. And their fans fucking rallied around them, you know? Yep, go for it, rebuild, who gives a shit, we'll still be at every game. Um, the West Tigers have never taken that ownership. And I think that's what's led them to become a meme club. It's that complete lack of self-awareness that they the, put out there. Someone, uh, there was a mailbag or a member said um, a comment about Pasco and his general, how he carries himself, and how he carries himself around someone like Harry Triggerboff, and as we as we saw on the show yeah, last year, absolutely, like right. when that, that when he went there with the show bag of goodies, and you see he was clearly like I don't know, like the office suck hole. Yeah. So you that know, for, guy, for of a right, term. and and to 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 Jay's point about the corporate world or, or business, which we do have a tendency to correlate back, but. In an organisation where you were, you know, in, even in senior management or one of the key cogs of, of a corporate machine, but you are led by someone that carries themselves like that and and is generally, you know, like you could feel the energy or the bad energy bet- from Triggerboff towards him through the TV show. <laughs> Like it wasn't it, even bad energy. It was like it, I don't know if it was disdain or apathy. Yeah. Or... Oh, I think it was just like um, old, old, ultra successful businessman. You know, doesn't suffer fools. Yeah. And he's he's confronted with someone who he has to, he has to deal with in a business capacity. Yeah. But who he who he utterly doesn't respect and will only deal with on a level as long as he has to. Yeah. And not a as, as a formality. Yeah. 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 Mm. 
But that's the guy that is is leading the club as far as an organisational sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many people in that club look to that guy and, and he elicits a sense of respect and, you know, and, and they see how he operates within those circles and his peers and the guys that he is accountable to yeah. and that's the regard that they hold him in. Anyone that looks to that guy for any sort of leadership can see that and that consciously or otherwise it leads to the people that he's supposed to be leading then thinking that guy's a fucking dick as well. Yeah, but he, here's the thing. Most of the successful, and you know, during the course of a career, I've been in all parts of the organisation where times were rosy and times were, were not so rosy. Some of the best leaders I had were the ones who, when things were fucked, stood up and went, yep, you know what? Things are fucked, but what are we going to do about it? Mm. You know, and it's it's time for all the old cliches. You know, um, control what you can control, uh, back to basics. You know, there's a million of them from mm. from every facet of life. But you, you contrast that with the ones who, in the same situation, are like, "Oh, what an opportunity this is!" And um, oh, you know, like we we really feel as if there's there's so much positivity here, and um, just good things are ahead for us. We just know it. Mm. And maybe different people respond differently. You know, to but if, if if Pasco carried himself in such a way that he didn't suffer fools, was hard nosed, made the tough decisions, and stood by him, and 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 well, I don't know exactly what the right word is, but he just doesn't have that. He doesn't give off that vibe. That he that, lacks. He lacks authenticity. Mm. As in, everything he says, you know, you can see that he thinks he's the fucking cleverest person in mm. any interaction and that there's some little fucking Machiavellian scheme he's got going on, um, you know, where where he's the only one that knows what's going on and can see a couple of steps ahead. And, mm. and this, where everyone Which around is him is like, complete contrast to the reality, though. Yeah, that's it. And, and I feel that trickles down through the club. All the way to the playing group. It's my two cents. Yeah. Do you, I, I, I wonder if that, if like that particular scenario trickles down to the playing group, or if it's, or if the playing group kind of are like us, or you know they watch the show, or they see him day to day, and uh, and if he is the same exact person as he was portrayed on television, they just think. Like like Glennie with Dragons fans, like oh, oh yeah, this can't, and they and they just and they tolerate him as well, and they're you know because at the end of the day they're also this, this whatever he, whatever he's actually like, he is still he's still head office guy, and they've got the, you know they're they're, they're professional football players as part of mm. the football department, and they probably don't have to interact with him. Deal with but him. You know, they, yeah, so I think he forces them to interact. Sorry to cut you off, but no. I think. He puts himself in a position where he wants to be the guy that's fucking in front of the cameras. Like, how many clubs do you actually know who the fuck the CEO is? There's plenty that you don't. Yeah. 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 Well, that's Why true do thing. most I mean, people like, know who club... Justin Pascoe is? Outside of the yeah. TV show, which is fairly unique. T- TV show and misconduct that resulted in a suspension. Exactly. 
But again, and third, and thirdly, winning winning the trade or losing the trade with with Jay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's about it. That's it. We're, essentially, that's all they're trying to do here. They're they're trying to redesign fucking Cleary's two point They they tried it with to get fucking Kevy Walters down here by hiring his son. Now they're doing the same thing with fucking mm. Floju. Trying to get a father son combo. Yeah, and and other than the other than the the son factor, how is how is Flanagan that much different to Maguire? Premiership winning, hard nosed coach, take you know no nonsense approach. He's not that big a, that big a difference in their two resumes outside of Maguire doesn't have a son that can play halfback to some degree. Yeah. Uh, does he have a son? Because I think the question is, does he have a son who's better at football than Luke Brooks? <laughs> That's a very different doesn't question. doesn't have to be a son. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, we've, we've gone a long tangent. of rugby league. We've, we've gone on a long Harry. tangent about the, you know, the West Tigers club and everything that's wrong, you know, you know the latest addition of what's wrong with the West Tigers. But um, you end up with Flano. You like, the first, first scenario, Glenn, you end up with Flano Jr. over Brooksy. How, how do you feel? I think whether the the most important thing is that it's that Brooks is no longer there, and I think it's it's probably and and I would not be surprised. I don't know about the Bulldogs because you still got then and and you've you've convinced me of Trentius um, or lack his lack there of, of of coaching ability, but um, I would not be surprised to see Luke Brooks go to another club with a fresh start and a clean slate and kill it. He's he's weighed down every single week by the the fact that he's fairly or otherwise some weeks more than others, um, yep. and has been for several seasons the scapegoat for the club being in a position where they're not competitive, and because yep. he and I know that's inherent with being the halfback at the club and high profile, big money, you know, all the rest of it. Um, you know, he was severely hyped up earlier in his career. And um, I, I think he, he cops it. Some of it's unfair. Some of it's warranted. Some of it's, a lot of it's unfair. I think he would benefit from a clean slate as much as the Tigers, if not more. Um, yeah. I don't know how Flanagan Jr. or Senior fits the Tigers. I, I don't have an answer. I don't even have an opinion on it because I don't really know enough about Junior's game and there's also a stink on Flanagan <laughs> Senior's coaching as far as the Sharks debacle. So um, I, don't, I don't know. I just It's another uh, semi-high-profile, you know, someone that's trying to get their way back into the NRL via the Tigers and at, at what point do they become such a poison chalice? Is, is Madge the final straw where you just can't look at actual top-tier coaches anymore? Oh, at the end of the day, there are people who want to be top-tier coaches and top-tier coaches who want to get back in the game mm. who, will go, who, who will go into the, an opening that exists. No matter... Well, you know, look, it's like 3 a.m. at, at, at the... Yeah. There, there, there are openings that people will take if they're if they're on offer. Yeah, no, I know that. After every, after after the after all of the the you know the good options at the dance yep. have gone out. Now here's the thing, right? To take the Bulldogs' job, you've got 
um, an open checkbook, you've got Gus, you've got all, all of these little things that could be sold to someone as advantages. What do you sell to somebody coming to the West Tigers? Sheens. And and how do you and do that? And what's the selling point? Yeah, what's the selling point? Well, his his reputation, his standing in rugby league, is he is highly regarded. All jokes aside, um, is he though? Oh, I I believe so. And and have heard plenty of people when he came back to the Tigers. I, I heard plenty of people you know comment about the standing and the regard in which he's held in in the rugby league world. Um, whether that translates to any successes, time time will have to tell. It's not been a great start. I don't think we get the. I, I think he was behind the uh, Papali'i signing. I think he was. He was a big part of that. Yep. Um, was he not also behind the club's descent into its current situation? Your. But then you know the argument could be made that he was also at the helm during the you know the the only time where the, the club tasted success. Yep. When did he... Remind me when he left again the first time? Uh, 11, 12? No. When was 11, I, 12, yeah. I can't remember exactly. I guess I guess while we're talking Tigers hypotheticals, I mean, if he's still around, you know, in the mid, in the middle of the decade, does, does his... I don't know, uh, the, the esteem in which he's held allegedly, you know, like I'm taking your word for it, I assume he's, he's held in great esteem by the playing group and things like that. Does he keep, like, Tedesco and co there? Oh, I believe so. Do they stay? I believe yeah. so. But, um... But so, so from a, str- a strictly playing perspective, you would... Like, my opinion would be you prefer Luke Brooks, but I feel like he's... But do you not you have know, the same question that, with Flanagan? No, but some... Yeah, well, this is the thing. The thing with me is that the way I see this this potential trade, if it was to happen, is that Luke Brooks would go like Trent can't coach, obviously, but Luke Brooks goes there, and I think one of the biggest problems with Luke Brooks at this point is I think he just needs to get out of there. Yeah. Like he just needs it. It doesn't matter who's at the top. I just think he needs to get away from the club and go somewhere. Go somewhere else to ply his trade, and just I think he. I think he just. Yeah, he just needs to overcome like the, the the burnout of just like a you know I think I think a change would be great great for him and I think he'd play well because I don't think he's a terrible player but I think he's a he's a terrible player at the West Tigers and I don't think they have a, a way to get him mm. out of it yeah I don't think Fla- I don't think Flanagan's particularly in- incredible as a player um he may just be bait to get you know, Shane over to coach the side or whatever. But, but um, do you, as I, I started to say, do you not have the same same problem with him when if if when Dewey comes back and he's fit, and Hastings mm-hmm. come back comes back and he's fit and not suspended? Um, these the in anyone's measure, that's your six and seven. Which means you will start Dewey in the centres to keep Brooks. Hundred percent. You're hundred percent correct. Or 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 yeah. Hastings Hastings looks pretty pretty chonky. I think you, you they could probably you could probably stick him like you know as like a, a you know fourteen or even throw him like as a, as a lock or something like that. If you don't, no, they don't need a fourteen. And I'm pretty sure you, they've got Tyrone Peachy. 
Oh, yeah. Anyway, thank you for I mean, ending the conversation, I mean, Jay. Let's how much, change subjects. <laughs> how much? How much does that motherfucker stay on the field, right? <laughs> uh, um, right. So, uh, so that's a big no from you, Glennie, and uh, fuck my life. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, I guess we should talk about this incident that's happened uh, with the Broncos. Bit of video coming out. Um, through the week, and it was uh, the the David and Goliath battle between Payne Haas and the diminutive Albert Kelly, and uh, we did, obviously the you know I don't know who was taking taking the video, but it was a bit of a scuffle. I believe I didn't I didn't see this, but from what people have been saying, I, I is it because Albert Kelly like stepped on his you know potentially scuffed his shoes. Obviously, while well, ultra pissed because, like, I couldn't hardly understand a word that Albert Kelly said in that exchange. I mean, that was maximum slurridge. Yeah, right. Um, but the Broncos is. Am I right in saying the Broncos have um, have stood them down for two weeks? Yes. Wow. What do you make of that? That seems excessive to me. In light of. Let's. I'll give you one quick example of another uh, another occasion where players were stood down. One match served during a trial, so, I believe, um, and that was and, and that was Munster and Munster and Cheese uh, at the post season celebrations with the mystery white powder. That was a week. This one is a, uh, and it was the integrity know, unit that did it. Just to be clear, the integrity unit, yeah. not the club. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I could actually cop this more. If it was the club, if this was one of those, we have a zero tolerance policy for this sort of behaviour within our club. It's not our culture, but da ba da ba da. Even though they're great players and it may cost us the game, our our culture is more important than one game. I'd almost cop that. Um, yep. At the moment, though, hashtag fuck the Broncos. Yeah, I agree, and 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 I guess Payne Haas also agrees. <laughs> 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 Saw the first one he could get his hands on. It does worry me a bit that that the integrity commission uh, or whatever it's fucking called seems to work a little bit on. Well, did you get caught? Is there video? Yeah. Which which yeah. these but days I mean, that, it like works. that mystery that mystery white powder thing was such fucking like, yeah. You're gonna buy that? What do you you know? Yeah, come exactly. On. You know. Well, so why can't they come out and say no? We were rehearsing for our fucking drama group. <laughs> that is just as fucking believable. As yes. it was a white powder that we don't we don't know what it was. Also, if and take the alcohol and the fact it was in public. If they have a stoush at training because it's it's blown off as oh they're intense, you know, our training's intense. That's why we're going to be a successful club. Yep. The only yep. thing you've added is is alcohol and the fact it's happened at a pub instead of on the training field. Yeah, they wouldn't get two yeah. weeks if it happened at the training field. And that, and that, that's not an uncommon occurrence. No, like that, like that level of one too, where there wasn't really anything, there wasn't too much in it. Mm. I mean, then you get your other ones, like you know, Panthers back in the day when you know when the Ottoman took Trent Waterhouse True. behind the fucking dunnies and flogged him. <laughs> <laughs> Did he actually like, like, like? I remember that incident, but I don't remember whether it was like, oh, he tried to, and like Petro pulled them apart, or. Or he did flog him, or he tried to, and and house busted him. 
I don't remember what that was. Someone remind me. Yeah, I mean that's we, we we're going back now. This is obviously you know with, you know the Ottoman. I mean even that, you know there's a generation of listeners. Like, I, I would love to, I would is. love to know, but I don't care enough to Google it myself. Yeah, so. yeah. So <laughs> they, there's a, there's a generation of, of listeners who have no idea what the Ottoman is, and there's another generation who before that who know who he is, but only but never saw him play rugby league and only know of him as the the Northern Territory uh, drug kingpin yes. that he became. Um, Far out. Um, now, is there something else? This is the one. One last thing I just wanted to bring up is, um, what do you make of this narrative that's being woven at the moment? Uh, Todd Payton made comments the other night after he lost, after his side lost to the Roosters. What do you make of this? The 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 assertion that there is a bias, unconscious bias, because we're not accusing anybody of anything, but an unconscious bias amongst the refereeing group towards the, in quote, you know, big teams and against the, you know, poor teams, low-profile low profile teams. So, for example, teams that, um, well, Holbrook also, so that Titans would put themselves in that category as well. And they're saying, so they don't, they don't get the rub of the green. And it's because there's a, yeah, there's, a, there's an unconscious bias from the referees that allow teams like, say, for example, the Storm or, you know, East or, you know, the Panthers well, I don't think you to get could, away with more. If, look, you'd assume that rugby, uh, that referees have a history of following rugby league and, and, and are general fans of the game itself, right? Mm-hmm. So they'd have an understanding of who's a good team, who's not so great team. That's That's to be expected. I feel like it would be human nature as a referee to have an idea much like we all do and speculate on before every game as to who's going to win or how the result's going to go, mm-hmm. consciously or otherwise, like you say. Um, so whilst I wouldn't suggest that referees go out there and, and try and engineer that result that they think may occur in the game. I yeah, think, and I don't think anyone's accusing them of no, that either. Like, no, they're not no. trying to engineer results. But yeah. definitely, well, if, if the Roosters are playing the fucking Tigers, yes. as a Tigers but, fan, I expect the Roosters are going to get the rubber green. <laughs> I expect well, Hang on, hang on. No, if the Roosters are playing the Tigers, they don't need the referee's help. <laughs> and... And I think this is what it comes down to. You know, un- unless fucking Toddo's requesting that every decision is fucking taken up by a council of fucking rugby league elders to determine in a non-biased way, you know, what, what decision should be made, you know? Yes, everyone has internal biases. That That's part of being a fucking person. There are some things so we can do... So you have get- none? No, then I'm still a person. And that's okay. It is. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's as cut and dry as, um, you know, over-penalising poor teams. I would suggest that it's the other way around. Maybe poor teams get poorer results because they are not as good at certain parts of the game as other teams. You are- yeah, and I think that, and I think that, and it's not just in terms of, like, gameplay it's in terms of better at you know like cheating like yeah better than pushing the pushing the line 
of the rules and doing it in a more, you know, subtle ways or True. whatever. Okay. So if you look at, if, watch a Penrith game, right? And really start to pay attention as to how their play the balls work. When they're in one of their focused attacking raids, they almost submit to a tackle and they're getting up to play the ball as the referee is calling held. You know? mm. They're almost deciding when the tackle's complete and as they start making the moves to get up to play the ball, the defenders start to slide off them because that's that's part of how it works. You know, As you start to feel the other player try to rise, you give them a little bit of resistance as is the the standard and then you get off because you want to avoid giving away a six again or a penalty. Unless, unless you're Tyrone Peachy. In which place you put the player in a headlock and you twist his jersey around. <laughs> um, Maybe if the A and B defenders fucking got back in a line, a straight line, you know, and got back to ten, Glennie, you wouldn't have to do that. And so there you go. The play, the ball speed for the Panthers, all of a sudden looks amazing because it's you know, only half a play the ball. It's only half a ruck, really. Essentially, yeah. So <laughs> they've shortened it. Yeah. So for the from the time between when the referee says held to when they're playing the ball has been shortened because they're getting up and attempting to play the ball. Now, you know, to, to referees all of a sudden start start calling out um, you know, dominant tackle or um, surrender mm. every time they see that, I, I don't know if they can, but... That's tough to police, which is why is. they do it. It's you good. Know. I mean, it's good coaching. But the, the other thing is... So much of rugby league refereeing is subjective. Yep. So much of it. And maybe the better teams are better at figuring out game to game how individual referees police. There would obviously be work done on the referee just as there is for other teams. If you're not game planning for a referee and trying to look at how they referee things and what they let go and what they're tied on so that you can get in there and, and perform to... Because you're not playing to the rules, you're playing to that referee's interpretation of the rules. Whether we like it or yep. not, that's the way it is. Mm. And you know, and it's a good, good point you bring when you put the focus on the referee. Uh, the other thing as well is that in this day and age, the referee can only see so much. And especially in the right when it comes to the ruck, because he's 10 metres away. Yep. So um, imagine if there was like a system by which the referees could police the ruck better because maybe like they had one that was there in charge of the 10 and one that was in charge of the ruck. I mean, I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't know, stop me if this is a revolutionary idea. <laughs> stop just, me if you've I heard it before. I just feel like you need to stop before everyone's mind explodes with this new information that no one has ever heard before. But I, I yeah. don't think that's the thing about the ruck, you know. I don't, I don't think policing the ruck's the answer here. Or, or think, sorry, no, the, the answer I'm, to what Todd, Toddy's um, suggesting. I think that that would that would minimise or mitigate the amount of times that teams that are just are better at slowing it you down. know slowing things yeah. down. Yeah, it, it it would prevent them being able because you're they, right. Just, you you're know, right. The last time the last time two referees were there to police the ruck, in no way, shape, or form did the most dominant ruck slowing team ever, the Melbourne Storm, have any success. No, you're right. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> will work. It'll definitely work. Yep. Yeah, but Dave, that that's a, that's that's a false that, that that's a false analogy because the rule oh, set the, the rule set was different. The rule set was different at the time. I mean, you could. I mean, yeah, that was the wrestle that the boomers talk about. You know, right, uh, right, letters about. 
<laughs> yeah, they write letters apparently. Fucking, it's so it's oh, honestly all all that shit there with like Volandi, the way that Volandi's reacts, it's just it's fucking AIDS, and like it's it's all AIDS. It's not like I mean I see people on Twitter say like oh you know it's so offensive to to dismiss you know it's only people on Twitter saying things because it's only a small subset of it. It is a, it is a small subset, and also the boomers that write letters they're a small subset too. Yeah. That's the yeah. point. Stop being fucking like. Here's the thing, though. Whiny cunts. Like rugby league, it can either never change, mm-hmm. as in, you know, five meters, <laughs> yep. limited interchange. Once you make an interchange and you come off, you can't go back on. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's how the game used to be. But for it to develop, there are going to be some things that happen that are good and some that aren't so good, and it's going to need to keep changing. You know. Do we get to a stage where we go, right, yeah, this is okay, and then it stays this way for, for five years, whatever, you know, a decade, whatever that may be? Where's where's the where's the happy point? There there isn't one. There's always gonna be a camp that Exactly. Yeah, there's always gonna and it, it's gonna fluctuate depending on, on the particular rule that is the flavour of the month, but there's always yeah. gonna be the cunt camp. Yep. Yeah. So, nice. Fuck. James, let's get on. Yeah, good. Yeah, sort of. But I mean, it was, I've just, I just feel, I've just been missing the, the discussion about you know, news or the issues of the day or whatever. And look, the options weren't great, but you know, it's still fun to talk about shit. Should, should we also talk about um, Hero to Humanity, May Junior? Why is he a Hero to Humanity? Well, he's a low-life piece of shit like his brother. Well, no. Let let me uh, let me take you through to the two scenarios. His low life piece of shit brother, who I do agree with, you with um, was recording girls in sexual situations without their consent. Was encouraging um, the booting of said rat bags. It's mm-hmm. you know nothing that anyone wants to be a part of. Do you um, see that footage of those those AFL guys that I'd never heard of before? They took booting. They took booting to a whole new level. Really? No. Oh, it's fucking disgraceful. AFL is such a shit sport full of shit people and people who watch the shit as well. And the cover-ups. I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised the entire fucking Victorian media are not out there fucking hawking beanies for you. They didn't didn't cover this one up. They they, they didn't cover this one up. It was CCTV in an an undercover car park. And and these two players, I'd never heard their names before, but I think they're ex-players. Um they flogged these women like fucking like oh, legit fuck. like stomping like stomping their heads on the ground fuck. stomping like fucking it was what fuck it was fucking sick and then like when one would get to the knees like you know trying to line up like a fucking you know Vandalay Silver fucking pride soccer kick you know to the head and shit, like it was fucked like it was one of the worst ones I've seen um, in a fucking long look, time was this recent Re- yeah, I, Mrs. asked me if I saw, asked me if I, if I knew anything about it today, um, this afternoon, and I was like, I don't follow AFL, don't no, know players' say, names. I, bitch, know. Did, and then, I understand you're uh, fucking ignorant towards this podcast, but surely you know what fucking sport we talk about. Did, did you, so, did you yeah, actually so, stop so, her for suggesting that you would Well, so then she's, she's queued up the video and, and passed me her phone, and I was like, holy fuck. It was fucked. Um but yeah, sorry, sorry. Please continue, um, stepdad. That was that was just the logical conclusion of a society that allows the booting of slaves. Yeah, no, horrid. Um, but uh, hero humanitarian, um, Taylor May, 
after the grand final victory, um, you know, A, in defending his mates, what more do you want than someone who defends their mates? And isn't, you know, the Andrew Fafita defending my mate, not fucking his yeah. mates, actual proper mates, good mates, punch someone in the head who was, you know, by by probability... Sledging. Most, most Apparently sledging. The cunt that he punched was both a Queenslander and a South Sydney fan. So I don't see how you could see someone who punches a Queensland-born Souths fan as anything other than a hero. And I'd say he's done society a favour. I congratulate you, Taylor and May. Hero of humanity, you say? Hero of humanity. <laughs> Let's get into the games. Hero comes along. Oh, God. As if it wasn't unlistenable on. enough. <laughs> And you know that he'll jump in when he has to defend a chin. <sighs> I'm a master. Just fucking sit. No, you, 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 you fucking sit in the filth that you created. Just sit in it. <laughs> right, let's get on to the games. Round five, coming right up. Thursday night, Newcastle Knights take on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles uh, in Newcastle. The Knights side. Um, Jacob Saifidi returns to the starting side. Uh, Thompson benched. Um, the overall 17 remains the same as the team that played last Friday night. Um, they've omitted Sexy Texy, uh, much to their detriment. Uh, Manly Sea Eagles, though, big changes there. Tommy Turbo, we didn't actually mention that. Um, out with a MCL. It's because no one cares. They can't stop the guy. On the f- <laughs> they can't stop. They can't stop him. So they've got to try and take him out with foul play. It's fucking disgusting, and it's um, endeared Canberra and its fans to me even more than I already was uh, endeared to them. And, and and I'm I'm looking forward to a uh, no no I'm not going to go in there though. I'm not going to wish an injury on on Whitehead for the hip drop that to, that he put on uh, Tommy to injure him. I'm just going to wish him the best that life has to offer. Um, you know what's worse than Canberra and its football team? Fans. What, Glennie? Fans, Tell fans me. of that football team. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it is, I did mention the fans too in terms of, uh, you know. But yeah, fuck the milk. Anyway. Fuck them all. They're not playing, they're not playing this game. Pant anacondas. When the team list came out yesterday, I was super excited because we had we had Cola named at one and um, and Christian Tupolotu named in the centres. I was like, this is great. This like we remember like this time last year, Desi is very kind of he's very conservative in terms of team changes. Shows a lot of loyalty to players and and things like that. It takes it's, it's difficult to get dropped. But we had a stretch of injuries there last year where guys like um yeah when Suli got injured and that's what gave Harper his chance. Um yeah Sirenen was injured that's what gave Homoli his chance. And when injuries happen and players come in, they do have that opportunity to to take the position and make it their own. And I was hoping that this would this would happen with Christian getting his chance at one of the centre slots. But uh, short turnaround this week, and unfortunately, uh, niggling a niggle to uh, Kohler means that he won't be playing this weekend, so he doesn't get his uh, chance to uh, be fullback. And Christian still remains in the side, but Brad Parker returns from COVID, and so he'll move into the centres, and then Christian will take the wing, which means that uh, Reeves will be back in fullback. Which is it's not you know, it's not the worst outcome. 
but I really want to see Cola get as much first grade as possible. So we, like you know, like most other clubs, I presume, have a legitimate fullback there as an understudy. So when the, so if something happens to Tom, you can put another number, a guy who plays fullback and knows the. Sorry, position. you say if you can slot him, slot, you slot him straight back in there, and um, because it's very rare that you can successfully drop, you know, uh, like. Alex Johnson's probably he's a, he's a reasonable replacement I think he he goes pretty well um, when he has to for the rabbits but uh, you really need to have like genuine like fullbacks a specialist position and you need to have people who can a do tech it so, boy, if you and will sexy Texie's the greatest well I mean well he's actually the understudy that's better than the the main cast personnel um, but yeah not that they'll not that they'll admit it in Newcastle. Um, Look, this game, this game was going to be a nice... Uh, well, it was going to be a grind anyway, I think, because Newcastle have been a resilient side even when they've been outclassed. Like, the Sharks had them outclassed, but they only beat them 18-0. And the Knights, you know, couldn't get their attack going, but just in the general run of play, I mean, they remained fairly resilient um, throughout that game, and, and which is why it didn't blow out, you know, much further. And, you know, they showed the resilience as well when they had the um, their racist fella sent off against the Panthers as well the week before. Um, however, the other thing about the Knights is they've been one of the better teams in competition over the last couple of years at shutting Tom down. So he's he's worst games that he's had in the last couple of years have generally been like Newcastle and, and, and probably the Storm um, have been his worst games. So I don't think that it's a, it's a gigantic thing. But, and I think that if Daly and, and Foran play like they did last week, well, let's tr- let's start at the source. If the forwards can play like they did last week and provide the time for Foran and Daly to play the way that they played, then I think that you know, it's a very winnable game for Manly. But it's Newcastle. It's in Newcastle. And uh, and they've got a fairly solid forward pack as well. So if the, I, I think if, the, if they're not up to it, and if, if Aloyer can't carry them, like he like he did last week, then you know it's going to be it's going to be a tough one. But um, still confident. No Tom, no chance. Won three of our last four without Tom Glennie. So just so, just so you know. No, who the, the fuck did you play? Was the Tigers in there? Yeah. Big fucking deal. Uh, no, no, we didn't play the Tigers. We could have had no team and had more of a chance. We're going to play that. We we may play the Tigers without him this year, though, Glennie. You fight. You're five weeks away. So let's just see. He's meant to be four, but we'll see. He may be... <laughs> Nothing manly do will stop the hashtag defeated season from coming to fruition. Anyway, that's that's in that's in fucking like round nine or something, dude. Like we'll get we'll get to that shit. Don't you worry. <laughs> you I, anything you want to say, Glenny? I just said it. Oh, that was it. Just just, just one liner. Yeah, Man, I think I, I think, I, I think too many things have to go manly's way, as in. Look, for them to replicate the form of last week, Foran has to have a fucking turn-back-the-clock game again. Um, they have to have Tommy do something, which we know they won't do. You know, you're know, you 100% correct, Nate. Their forwards really need to stand up. This will be a good test for them. Um, I'll be interested to watch this one to see how Newcastle bounce back. Like They'd been essentially overachieving for the first couple of rounds of the competition, uh, playing some amazing football. And just derailed by by the Penrith game, which again uh, was them playing without a man for most of the game. You know, and and that just seemed to 
to throw them off. So this will be a good opportunity for them to show that they can have an off week, get themselves together as a group, and come back from that. Um, but yeah, no, no, Tom, no chance. I don't think with Manly. And I wonder if, and I wonder if, Tom, if I wonder if, uh, if Pong is uh, reportedly getting what was it, one point three million? And uh, well, given it's I wonder, two of the top ten highest paid. I, I wonder if the, uh, the rest. I wonder if the rest of the I wonder if the rest of the Newcastle side watching watching their uh, the, the the shrinking of the potential milkshake that they have for their own contract upgrades in in, in the future. I wonder if that causes a, a mutiny. Um, Manly not thirteen plus. Let's say Manly by eight. Uh, the Warriors take on the North Queensland Cowboys. It's a Friday pub slot game down at Redcliffe. <sighs> nah, nah. I was just thinking for a minute maybe I'll go down and watch it, but. It's the Warriors versus the North Queensland Cowboys. No. Warriors side. Bailey Sirenin returns after after the, having the Coviche. He's going to slot into the back row. Jazz Tavanga is suspended. Curran shifts to lock. Adam Fanua Blake is listed in reserves with Bundy Ofoa starting up front and Aaron Penne added to the bench. Murchie replaces uh, Murdoch Masilla on the bench. The Cowboys side. Um, the Hammer did his MCL last week and he'll be missing. So Drinkwater is the fullback. And... Um, who else have we got here? Jermaine Tenor Brown. He returns to the starting side at prop with Tamalolo back to lock and uh, Cotter is benched. So, the recent form line of both sides includes a good win over the Brisbane Broncos with to both teams over the last fortnight. Mm-hmm. Is that the best measure of... No. I... I just think the Warriors. I wasn't. I wasn't super impressed with the Cowboys last week, um, albeit against a higher quality of opposition than than the Warriors. But I think some of the, you know, if the Warriors forwards can show up and and nullify some of what the Cowboys bring um, through the middle, I think Johnson, Harris, Tevita, and Walsh should be able to provide enough points to get over the top of the Cowboys. I won. Yeah. I, th- I think Harris DeVita and Sean Johnson together, I think they can develop a bit of a combination there. Mm. And, and I think that the last week, I think the Warriors benefited from those two together. Mm. Um, they are a little bit samey, samey, which is a bit, a bit like the, the yeah, Cowboys kind of, halves as well. It kind of, it kind of worked for them though. Mm, mm. Like that's, that's I don't know that it would work for any other club other than the Warriors, but it tends to work for them, I think. Yeah, look, I favour the Warriors. I mean, the Cowboys. Yeah, this is a chance for them to get. I suppose get back on track, and maybe they will be one of those teams that could, that's you know better than will flog six teams beneath them, and compete hard with a you know a couple of teams in the middle, and then get destroyed by the top four or something like that. Yeah, maybe that's their destiny for this season. But look, they were they were dead set spoon contenders. After even after round one, weren't mm. they? So I'm going Warriors. Warriors at home. What about you, birthday boy? In, in sunny, I'm, in sunny Ridcliffe. I'm going Warriors. And mate, one thing you said there saddens me a little. That? Fuck, I would love for Sean Johnson to be the player where if somebody like you looks at that game and says, "Yeah, fuck yeah, that's Warriors versus Cowboys." I'm going to go and I'm going to take the kids. To, to watch Sean Johnson. 
Like yeah, we maybe yeah, maybe ten years ago. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, but I don't think he ever got there. Like he was always he was always potential. It was always oh, willy, willy, willy. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. It just made me a little bit sad when you said that. But I think the Warriors will win. Yep. If I'm gonna go, to, if I'm gonna go to Morton Bay, uh, Morton Daly Stadium, whatever the fuck they call it, Dolphins, uh, this weekend I'll go and uh, take the little one to uh, the NRLW Grand Final. I think. Um. So, the Roosters, oh, sorry, the Broncos take on the Sydney Roosters at Suncorp. The Broncos side, Carrigan out with a knee, Albert Kelly out with a foot and a broken jaw, um, Flegler suspended for two matches. <sighs> okay, so what do we got here? Broncos side. Walters, Palacio, and Hetherington all named in their places. Capewell's back after missing round four. That pushes Rabati to the bench. And Branko Lee drops out of the 17 with Corey Pakes and uh, Jensen named on the bench. The Roosters side, Hutchinson switches back to the bench with Watson and Hooker. They'll probably switch back again on the game on the game day, otherwise unchanged. And look, I don't know how much we need to talk about this. The, war- uh, the Warriors. I think the Roosters will um, be far, far too good for the Broncos. Way too many points, way too strong through the middle and... Whatever attack the Broncos can throw at them won't be enough. Broncos, you know, improved without Flegler in the side, but the flip side to that is that Billy Walters is at six, mm. and man, I, I had a Broncos fan today trying to talk himself into Billy Walters. I was like, "Don't do it to yourself." Yeah, man. What, what was what was that? What was the rationale? Oh, just you know, oh, he's. He's young. He's, he's you know he's playing for his old man. He's he's, he's got he's, brings a lot of energy. I'm like yeah, until he fatigues with about ten to go in the first half, or probably at twenty to twenty five in the second half, and then he's a fucking turnstile. So if it's a close game and Billy Walters is on the field, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even you know, you have your like, your Takiyahos and your Tupanumas <laughs> barreling at him, like. I was like, it's, not- it's the evolution of, of Billy Wilders where the Tigers saw him as a hooker, a part-time hooker. So they had him... Do- and that was surely only because of the last name, right? Oh, of course. I mean, when has he ever displayed the the apparent phys- phys- physicality? But that's the to- thing. He would evolve during a game where they would go, okay, you're playing hooker, so defend in the middle. Well, that's not going well because you're missing tackles and you, you, you're fucking gassed. So we'll just slip you out towards the edge and then you've got edge back rolls running. Well, clearly you're not physically up to that. So we'll slip you out. <laughs> Eventually give he goes, it, he may as well be on spot. the fucking... Sorry? Well, at, at the Tigers, you have... It's just Luke Brooks will be in the seven. And there was probably somebody else in the six. So where else do they put him? Well, in Brisbane, playing for his dad. In That's Brisbane, where yeah. it needed to be <laughs> all along. Good point. Um, yeah, and like obviously we're all agreed that the Roosters are going to win that yes. one and they should win yeah. fairly easily. They will. Uh, the Canberra Raiders take on the Melbourne Storm in Wagga Wagga. The Raiders side, unchanged, except Starling is starting and Frawley is benched. I don't know why, why Starling doesn't start every fucking game for the Raiders. They always lift when he comes on. He should play. He should he play should 80 play minutes. Eighty fucking minutes. Just yeah, agree. Uh, the storm side, no changes to their to their squad, and why? why you know, why wouldn't you? When they're rolling along nicely, 
My, my favourite meme of problems. the week, and, and with no offence to you, Nathan, it didn't come from you, because you are the meme god, but uh, where Addo Carr was trying to tackle Xavier Coates and said, give me back my jersey, bro. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I, I can't see Canberra being anything other than barely competitive for the first 15 minutes in this game. And the Storm... Have definitely blown out whatever cobwebs there were in their attack, and um, they're they're firing on all cylinders at the moment. And pretty, you know, close to a full strength side, um, barring some some injuries that they suffered early on. Um, Pappenhausen's in in fucking amazing touch. Can't see Canberra getting anywhere near them. No, not at all. Yeah. Pappy's become an undeniable lately, isn't he? And I mean, especially against weaker sides. Mm. I, I don't want yeah. to be one of those guys only that I saw, um, you know, whether it was Fox or, or someone said, you know, who plays one for New South Wales? And you look at the candidates, the potential fucking back line, you know, outside backs, obviously Absolutely. the halves are, are nailed, but, you know... The, the the potential outside backs in that side is it's fucking outstanding. could be a fullback a team of fullbacks yeah absolutely and and yeah and if you have all those guys you know the old Jack Gibson philosophy that you know find a spot and pick your best players and find a spot for them um, holy fucking Jesus yeah because yeah. not not one of them you know you couldn't say one of them is a defensive liability if they happen to yeah. finish up in the centres or something like that it's crazy well, exactly essentially it comes down to like who's not the worst option? As in, if you look look at the centres and look between Pappenhausen and Tommy, mm. Pappenhausen is probably a worse option at centre than Tommy is. Yeah. So yeah. he goes in the centres. Yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and Pappenhausen will probably wind up being like a, a shadow or a fourteen or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we we we've got these guys for years too in New South Wales too. So. Uh, I know Jay and I can be uh, happy about that. Look, storm, storm comfortably. I, I don't, I don't know where it's going to come from for the Raiders. I don't know where it, where points come from for the Raiders, and I don't know where the necessary uh, intelligent defensive reads and execution come from to stop the points. So it's going to be a yeah, fucking long night. The Rabbitohs take on the Dragons on Saturday afternoon at Sydney Olympic Park. The Rabbitohs side, Mansour replaces Jackson Paulo on the wing. Um, Mark Nichols is out with an ankle injury. Tom Burgess is named to play in his place. And the Dragon side, okay, so Jaden Sewer comes back to face his old club. Uh, Tyrell Sloan is not in the side. He's in the 21. So then uh, Jetski drops to the reserves. and But Aaron Wood starts prop. So, again, the kids are... Yeah, you know, some of the boom kids have been uh, remain dumped by uh, Hook, and I think the Rabbitohs have. Again, I don't see where the points come from for the Dragons either. Mm. I don't see what sort of impact they're going to get out of Moses and by at fullback. I think he's a safe sort of an option, but he's not going to spark anything. Ben Hunt's going to do it alone again with, you know, with probably 20-minute cameo of Jack Bird seems to, you know, get into a game and mm. get fired up for, you know, for periods. But I'm just baffled by the the demotion of Sloan in particular. 
And they were it's not, like it's not like they were losing games. And for, it's not like team. he was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And he's a young kid and he's gonna have his share of maybe being out of position or, or you know, not being a fucking brick wall as a last line of, of defence or, or whatever. That's to be expected. But a handful of games into his first grade career doing nothing wrong and getting dropped unceremoniously is, is yeah. fucking poor. Yep. I think. And sure, and surely that sort of thing, you know, like the 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 advent of Sloan, like players like Sloan, should be like a goal, like like one of the goals that you tick off this year for the Dragons. Like, look, you know, realistically speaking, we don't have we don't quite have the squad to win it, but we do have these young guys. Let's get them up. Can mm. I th- can I throw a question out to you? You know how we've spoken at length about the the difference in how in how your team performs and is playing when you enter the league, mm-hmm. and the difference that can make on your trajectory. Off the top of your head, can you think of any players that entered the league um, in a position with some responsibility, so fullback or you know one of the halves, or for a team that was in horrid form? Okay, so it's got to be a shit team, and has since made it big. The players made it big. Yeah. So, you know, and again, Um, so look at, you know, um, Talon May at the moment or Brian To'o or those those guys that came in when Penrith were on a roll. You know, To'o's now playing rep footy, so is Luai. But their team was was succeeding. Has there been anyone that's come in? You just put Talon May in the same breath as To'o and Luai. Fucking hero of humanity, Glenn. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just trying to think. I mean, you could argue that when Tommy made his debut, I mean, that was sort of, you know, that was the Trent, the Trent era. It wasn't great. It wasn't a great age. Okay. Um, Counter to that one, I would say that he would have made it regardless because of his physical yeah. attributes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's right. But I mean, I just, I'm just bringing him up. Yeah, no, probably you're right. fits your fits your criteria. Um, but again, this, this thing about Sloan. Storm have never been super down, so you can't even bring people like Billy Slater and whatnot no. into the conversation. Um, Broncos, anyone that's come through their shit time has just, you know, yeah, hasn't made it. It's a very interesting Fuck. question. You... It is. No one the Tigers would have brought in in, in a downtime. Now, you've got those or, ones of the Tigers that have... Anyone that was... Ju- gone elsewhere. With the Tigers prior to... The, I mean, the... yeah, Ted, Teddy's arguable, but he didn't... He didn't uh, and he was... Co- I mean, he was good when he left the Tigers, but he wasn't state of origin fullback. Only because so the, he was playing for the Tigers. He was doing yeah, exactly the, Tigers, the same thing for the Tigers that he was doing for the Roosters. He just didn't have but anyone else around him. The Tigers weren't the meme that they are now back when Teddy played for them. It was ha-ha Tigers in decline. It wasn't, yeah, everyone realises that they're a fucking spoon contender every year. Yeah, Tigers in decline was a thing before they actually were really properly in decline. Yeah. It was just a funny way to set Glennie off That's it. for a while there. And then it became, then it, then it manifested into reality. Yeah. It's all my fault. This whole thing's Fuck. my fault. Chris, Chris Bailey's right. Is the secret real? Maybe it is. I do have a vision board up there with Glennie fucking with hair tearing it out. <laughs> and now look. But seriously, though, back like to the story at hand. Yeah. The South Sydney Rabbitohs are going to win this one fairly comfortably, right? Yes, they are. Definitely. Dragon to an awful last week. And I just don't think... The only thing more awful than the Dragons last week, they're fans. And the West Tigers. I don't know why you had the to Titans. bring that up. 
The Titans versus the Eels down there at Hope Solo and Rabina. The uh, Titans side, we've got uh, Firma, Sammy and Liu returning from the COVID protocols. Brian Kelly is out. Uh, so Sammy returns to the center with Liu and Firma slotting straight back into the pack. The Eels side, Sean Lane returns in the back row. Madison benched. Cartwright um, has lost his bench spot. He's in 18. And he's lost it to Mitch Rain. After the coat hanger last week. Jesus. Fucking what's uh, a kid um, got to do? I know. And Mitch and Mitch Rain, though, too. I mean, like, yeah. heaping indignity upon indignity. Look, Eels are in fine early season form. This is a rematch of a game that was only a couple of weeks ago anyway. Well, round one, wasn't it? Uh, which was a bit of a, a shootout. I think the Eels have tightened things up significantly since that encounter. And I haven't seen anything from the Titans to indicate that they're defensively they've yeah. sorted their shit out at all. And the one thing that the the one reliable thing that they did seem to have this season, which was you know exciting attack, that completely deserted them against a side that was there to be taken in the West Tigers I think, last week. I think we can all agree that there's no human being in their right mind that could tip the Titans in this game, a week removed from them participating in the worst game of rugby league that's ever been played. Correct. Correct. So, power up by... So, power up by, yeah. by the length. That's yeah. it. Okay, so the Sharkies take on the West Tigers. Sunday afternoon, Points Bet Stadium. No changes. Yeah, the look the at Sharkies. the odds. <sighs> Sharkies, oh, the West Tigers. Sharkies $1.10 favourites. Well. Tigers are $7. <laughs> wow. Sorry. So, unchanged unchanged 24-player squad from the West Tigers, Glenny. Unchanged. Unchanged. Not even so much as a shuffling of the deck chairs from yes. 18 through 24. Hey, Glenny. Yes, sir. Your odds are as good. To be the team that didn't make the eight, or sorry, that made the eight and got bundled out last year. Did they make the eight last year? Yeah, they did, didn't they? The Sharkies. Oh, just yes. No, they? they no. had that. They had that game against the Warriors at the, right. at the end with yeah. Yeah. So and they got flogged out of contention. Oh, so did, yeah. So the Titans made it instead of them. Your your yeah, odds yeah. to beat the Sharks, who didn't make the eight last year, are the same as the Bulldogs' odds to beat the reigning premiers, who are undefeated. Oh, gamble um, responsibly. Is there a narrative that you can weave for us, Glenny, where the West Tigers, like outside outside of like, you know, like a plane crash or or Bain blowing the field, like, you know, outside of those sort of scenarios, is there a footballing scenario that you can weave where the West Tigers can, act, can win this game? Look, it's been a large portion of my life I've spent trotting out some rather ridiculous things about the West Tigers and their potential uh, to win games of rugby league and, and premierships. And um, once or twice I may have suggested that they might win the comp undefeated. Um, I no longer like to operate in that sort of circle. I like to more be quite realistic about things. It's a bit of a revelation for me in these tender years and I'm uh, inhabiting it at the moment. And the West Tigers 
are less than a week removed from participating in the worst game of rugby league that's ever been played. And I would say that they were arguably, I'm happy to hear arguments to the contrary, but they were the reason that that was the worst game of rugby league ever played. The Titans were dragged into a battle of incompetence and beaten by an opponent that had far more experience in that battle. So they were... Are you pretending to be a Titans fan right now? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm definitely being a Tigers fan. I'm not prepared to absolve them of, of blame for that game. It was a two-horse It was a two horse race. There were only two participants. <laughs> so they, they get, you know, as much... They haven't earned... As much the blame. Titans have not earned... There's not been more than a decade of people shrieking Titans in decline or, you know, calling Titans a meme club or or whatever the case may be. Um, I've actually been quite impressed with the Sharks um, and their their development over the first uh, handful of rounds of the competition to the point where they are starting to assert themselves as definitely a top eight side and potentially knocking on the door of the top four. Yeah, the I think Tigers, a dark horse for top four. The Tigers are not doing that, you would say. If they're knocking on any doors, it's with the rat-a-tat-tat of a wooden spoon. And oh, if they're knocking on the door, I, was, I thought you were going to say it was the, it was the disabled toilets. <laughs> <laughs> and that was because they're in them and locked in them and couldn't they figure lock, out how to undo the latch. They themselves in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I could talk any more about this game. I expect that the Sharks, unless they get injected with the the Tigers serum, much like the Titans did last week, uh, I expect the Sharks to give us a thorough fucking trouncing, which is quite disappointing because the Sharks and their fan base, there's, there's a handful of people that listen to this show that are diehard Sharks fans that are are real pieces of shit and, and I I take great offence to the thought that my team and their performance or lack thereof would enable any joy to enter the hearts of those fucking pieces of human garbage that are the Sharks fans that listen Jeez. to this show do you reckon the West Tigers um, can they keep it to a scoreline like the Newcastle game last week, where we walk away and go, we showed a bit of heart, we showed some heart, we were competitive. Yeah, eighteen nil. We lost by three tries. Yeah, didn't score a point, but they played so far over the top of us that it probably should have been double that. Yeah. No, I expect this to be a bit of a capitulation. 44-0 was the bar set by the Melbourne Storm last week in their game against the Bulldogs. Will it be surpassed? No. Yeah. I don't think they'll get to 44. All right. They may get to 28 or 32, though, which is right. still there's, there, there you go. There's a, there's a silver lining. Is it really? <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> 
Right. So yeah, I mean, we'll agree. I think yeah, yeah the, the Sharkies will win that one comfortably. Yep. And can you and, and can you imagine defeated season rolls on? Can you, can you imagine Talakai fucking rumbling down the left hand side, right hand defence of the Tigers, <laughs> all standing between him and a hat trick? Is is one Dean Offaluma? You reckon he'll start putting his arms up and looking at the big screen before he actually tackles him? <laughs> <laughs> Just turn around in preparation. As, as Talakai catches the ball, he looks up and he just... <laughs> Noff has actually got his back turned looking at the big screen oh, with his God. arms outstretched. Oh, fuck me. The Doggies taking on the Penrith Panthers last game of the round out there at... Um, what was it? Parramatta. The... Canterbury side, what have we got this week? Kyle Flanagan gets his first start of the year. Wakeham has been benched and beyond the Odo pushed out of the 17. The Panthers, no change to their lineup. And I guess the first talking point of this game is there's talk in the media that, yeah, you know, Trent Barrett's a terrible coach, which, you know, great. Welcome to the fucking party. We've been, we've been, we've been partying like this for three years, media. But like, Flanagan. So out of favour there. Apparently hasn't been training with the first grade squad. Is that because killing it's not it, a first grader? <laughs> killing it in Reggie's. Fitting well in Tigers. But getting dumped into the, or getting not getting he's getting his promotion into the first grade side after Trent has mixed and matched his halves almost every game this season. He brings him in for the game against the Panthers. The the one game or one of the few games of the season that spells certain death for a side, what do you think happens to Flanagan when they get the inevitable pasting that they would have got with Wakeham there or Avarillo? Oh, I think he... Bit of a poison chalice, right? Will he be right? Training, training with the Tigers' first grade squad come Monday? <laughs> Considerable just recovery a, session. Is this a health check for the Tigers? Oh, as long as he gets through this game, we'll, we'll take him. <laughs> if he doesn't die, he's ours. That's it. <laughs> oh, fuck. When does there, like, is there already, a t- like, a turn starting to show in the media's perception of Barrett? Only now, uh, on NRL 360 tonight. Right, and it's over this, and it's over this bringing Flanagan, yeah, in, Flanagan in for the slaughter. Paul Kent a, a quote where he said it's like being given a hand grenade for your birthday, which is fucking. Yeah, that was yesterday, the day that. before, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, but anyone, I don't watch NRL you know, three sixty, yeah. but someone sent me a message. Someone sent me a message and said, "Well, yeah, you know, a manly fan I know that shares my anti Barrett agenda," and they sent me a message and and said, "You know, wow, like." The, the media, it's it's finally it's finally happening. He's getting carved up deluxe on NRL 360. So now the turn is just just happening. Mm. I don't know that this game is going to do anything to to change that tide. <laughs> um, I think Penrith will. There's potential fifty. Yeah, I think so because oh. I think Penrith. I think I think Penrith are going to start this game uh, strongly. It took the storm a little while to break the, to break the dogs down, and then they ran rampant. You know, in the second half, Cleary Cleary will be far better for for last oh, week's th- run, and they'll they'll this will be this will be yeah. Penrith. 
I just think tries. Like, I just think just think you know tries like um you know, guys like Targo and 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 May just yeah. pushing through weak defense on on like Braden Burns and shit. Yeah, I, I yeah, think there's like fucking... barge over stuff like that's going to happen. Look, it's going to come a lot easier. There's some very easy anytime try scorer money this week. Um, yeah, but the other One thing for everybody. The other thing Penrith can do though is and, and you look at how they handled that Newcastle game. They're pretty good at throttling themselves in terms of, well, okay, we've, we've got this one. Now let's just bring it back, go through the motions. Da, ba, da, ba, yep. da. You know, we, we don't need to put a cricket score on here. Um, but then all of a sudden, they can step it up a notch when they have to. So um, can can get a bit complacent in games that they feel they've got easy. Yep. 13 plus, put your house on it. 13 plus. Get the fuck out of here. Let's go. Obviously, let's let's put a real let's put a real number on it. Thirty nine. Uh, Plus, if if I'm punting, my my comfy line's at thirty. Does the Bulldogs score a point? Maybe. Do they score a point other than a penalty goal? You know, in the early stages Matt, of the game. Matt Matt Burton, please take me back. Game. Yeah. Brilliant solo effort. Before he realizes that, you know, Brent Naden, cocaine's a hell of a drug game. He's, before Burton realizes that he's just a fucking poor man's Tago. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the heavy left foot floaty bombs coming out of Tago this season. Because well, we don't need it to. You haven't seen the heavy footed fucking chips that go over the dead ball line and give away seven tackle sets yet either, have you? Keep them. <laughs> Fucking headgear wearing fuck. Jeez. Jesus. Now that, now that is an early and brutal turn of events, isn't it, Glenny? Holy. <laughs> never thought I would see the day. Do you see, do you see the other news article? The Bulldogs haven't registered Kikau's contract for next year. Yeah. Now tell me, in uh, uh, in relation to that, have they registered Reed Marnie's? I don't know. Because it's my understanding they haven't registered the kick-out contract yet because there are players they have to move on and they don't yet have the money in the capital combination. Exactly. They plan to have the money, but they don't yet have the money. Yeah, correct. Maybe they'll sh- shift Burton on to f- so, fit kick-out in. So if there are players that they're planning on moving on, though, what is that just... How do you have a player that you're going to move on that you haven't told now that you're going to move on? Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong... But the players that they have on bullshit money, probably with the exception of Josh Jackson, they're the ones that they've just brought in this year. Yeah. So I, I would have thought that everyone else on there is on chips, and you know, so. and oily rags. Like, I don't, where's the money? Red frogs coming from? Yeah. Fuck. So. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, and um, and I agree, and. And I said this this morning, I said this to, to uh, in the chat earlier this morning, but um, if if Reed Marnie's contract isn't registered, knowing the money that and the upgrades that, that Parramatta have spent on players that mean they can't get him, I would I would if I were Manly, I'd be getting in there, <laughs> saying motherfucker, yeah. we're gonna free up eight hundred G's from Marty to Power, fucking come on down, we need a real hooker. That's it. And it's in a mar- in a market where the Availability of real hookers is is little to none at the moment. Yeah, correct. So, right. Uh, let's look at some uh, mailbag stuff. Had a had a message come through today, not in the mailbag on the on the post, but from Chris, 
He's, uh, he's, I, thought, I thought I'd send you guys a hypothetical question. Hypothetically, if you were the leader in a football team and your team was winning a close game in the 75th minute, for example, winning four points to two, and your team gets a penalty straight in front, close to your attacking try line, on a dry, clear night, do you take the two points to go up by four? This is you, stepdad, first. Close game, you're winning four points to two. You get a penalty right in front with five minutes left. Do you take the set, the six tackles in attack, or do you take the two points to go up by a score of six points to two? There's no, there's no hard and fast rule there. Like it, it depends on. Have you got? No, this is you. This is, this is. Yeah, but I'm saying there's no. I would do this in every situation. You know, if if you have the dominance on the field and you feel that you have the cattle that would that would be able to to get you repeat sets, right? So in looking at if you do or don't take the two, yeah, the scoreboards and the time left's a big determining factor. Then there is how easily is the other team rolling up field at the moment? Is it the end of the game and you're absolutely fucking gassed and they're making easy meters every fucking set? Is it a rare time that you've been down this end of the field? Um, I'm assuming. Is this what happened at the end of the Tigers Titans game? Mm. This is what we're talking about, yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, and I think you have to take the two because the potential benefits outweigh the potential costs. Mm. Now I know that that game turned out differently because it was the Tigers. Because it was the Tigers, um, but I, th- I think that's one of those ones. And if you had a hundred cho- a hundred times to do that, you'd take the two, mm. and it'd work out more times than it didn't. What I would have done is kick the goal, let the other team kick off, have a set, get down the other end, kick a field goal, have the other team kick off, have a set get down here and kick another field goal. Rinse and repeat. You know how many times I've fucking thought that? Like, I remember, just keep rolling. The, yeah, just. I remember watching Noel Goldthorpe when he was, he got promoted to first grade for West. Jason Taylor got dropped. And my old man was drinking schooners at the tennis club. I went over and I watched reserve grade to see how Jason Taylor was going to handle his demotion um, and he didn't play well at all. And Noel Goldthorpe um, played first grade. Anyway, obviously it was it was a you know, certainly for the magpies it was a, it was a big story. Jason Taylor the media actually beat it up that he actually had a good game in reserve grade and forced his way back in, which was horseshit. Anyway, the following week, Noel Goldthorpe's in reserve grade and do the same thing, go over and watch reserve grade, a couple of minutes in, first set, ground's a bit boggy, it's Campbelltown Stadium in the uh, in the 90s, not great drainage, fucking quagmire, not much happening in attack, knocks over the one point, we're, we're a handful of minutes into the game, other team kicks off, have a set, get a penalty, up the other end, Couple of sets, not much happening. Boom, kicks another field goal. He's kicked two field goals in about the first fucking nine minutes. Yep. <laughs> two nil lead. I think we, we probably lost 40 to two, but in reserve grade. But um, yeah, I always always thought fucking it, it's a flawed strategy at the end of the day. It's, 
lot can go wrong in that strategy. <laughs> if you happen to make a mistake and you're only going up by ones, the other team's got a fair uh, fair advantage. But, yeah. Tell you what I don't do. So I don't kick the goal, then get piggybacked down to the point where I'm attacking the line again, then make a fucking horrible error, which I then com- compound with a fucking high tackle, giving the other team the ascendancy to kick for touch, get it back up the other end, put in a kick, which then careens off the post and stacks on. And that's the ball yeah. game. That's what I don't do. Yeah, that's not a great plan, is it? <laughs> not sure. Yeah. I think yeah. I think part of the, the problem was it wasn't a plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, with that, with the, the way that it was timed out, that if, if they, they got through their set and, and forced a repeat set, they probably closed it down at that point. Mm. The, the, However, the, the Titans can't win because they don't have the football. I also think that yeah. these days in that equation, and going back to that choice of, you know, do you do it or not, one of the the effects of the six again rule now is that penalties in front are fewer and further between. So previously, if you were given a penalty, you could essentially say, okay, well, we're going to have another crack because you'd probably get another penalty in that set if you went mm. close enough or if you could do something that would just you know make them hang on too long in defense or, or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden, you've got another penalty, so, so kick the two points. Whereas I these days... The- it's another set itself. I think the true answer is it's it's 2022. If you're up 4-2 with a handful of minutes left in a game of rugby league, you should stop participating in rugby league altogether. Just yeah. my two cents. And and yeah, just to be clear, well, it was in it was beautiful fine weather. Not quagmire, not torrential rain, none of that shit. Um, Alexander has uh, sent a message, and this is uh, one of several. And I might have zoned out for a bit there, but did the Titan Tigers game get reviewed? There were so many comments on that game thread. I guess I could go back and re-listen to find out. <laughs> so, so listen, here's the story. Imbeciles. Last week, before we recorded, I said, "Listen, fellas, I'm going to do something." Don't react, and then at the end of the show, we can go back and and you know, and then the, the, the opportunity will be given again, and then we'll go from there. It was complete. It was pretty much completely winged, and the idea was that, was that it wasn't wasn't a game of NRL standard, so we weren't going to treat it as such, and it didn't get the benefits of a recap. We just were going to pretend like the game never happened. Then we came to the end of the show, and if you listen to the episode. At the end of the show, I, I said something like, you know, look, is there is there anything else you want to talk about before we go? And Glennie's, and that was the opportunity that Glenn, it was up to Glennie, if you wanted to bring it up or not. And he was emphatically, nope, there is not another shit. thing. That... <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so we didn't, so it didn't get spoken about at all. And um, and so for the people like um, like Ryan. And uh, and Mitch Doyle in the Facebook group as well. Uh, he was the first one that pretty much explained it. Who got it straight away? He's one yeah. of the only people that got it, and he explained exactly what we were going for. And so, thank you to you because I think that you probably stopped the question being asked by anyone who saw your your post. But um, that that was the idea, and um, 
I've got to say, my favourite type of joke is the one you have to explain. Um, our mate Michael from Strive, signing news, or player movement news, said, I've got a very talented centre moving up to Toowoomba this week. Yeah. I know th- I know the outside backs aren't usually Glennie's type, but your hospitality would be appreciated <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> this fucking guy's becoming a real problem. Have you scouted him yet? No. Do you go down to training and see him go through his paces? No, definitely have done none of that. Do you do you have like are you are you smoking shisha or something? Uh no, it's a diffuser thing. Oh, okay. I, just, I thought I could see smoke yeah. going across in front of you. <laughs> what the fuck is it? Is it just it's like a bad connection on Skype, or is it? I've just been talking about the tigers far too much. <laughs> just see these these clouds of smoke go from like you know, from your right to left. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that? You've got some essential oils going there, Glennie. Uh, I have. Fuck yeah. yeah. You, you got the ones that the ones that uh, that, that stop you killing yourself over your team. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one's um, called uh, Positive Vibes Only by Jay. I think this one's lovely. Uh, smells like Dairy Queen ice cream. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, and uh, John said, "Can Nate please explain to the uninitiated what the beef with Big Bobby Fulton's about?" <laughs> no, I can't because I've got stuff to lose. And I'd rather not have it taken by his estate, <laughs> because I don't because I don't think that the fact that he's dead is going to stop it. <laughs> Correct. But yeah, look, look. All I say is I loved him as a player, loved him as a coach. Um, as someone who medals in in uh, board stuff and football department stuff, and coach appointments and other things, oh, I do not like him at all. And uh, we had a big falling out over it. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, fellas, do you have anything to say before I wrap things up? I suppose I should say head to thisweekinleague.com forward slash links. you get links to our social communities, Patreon, and much more. If you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a, Patreon, a patron at patreon.com forward slash twill nation. Join the fun, additional episodes, and more. Merch drops for certain levels uh, twice a year. All sorts of good shit. Get in there and uh, see what it's all about. Now, fellas, do you have anything else you would like to add before we conclude proceedings this evening? We are Gosh, all good. Defeated season. 90-minute episode. Can fucking, believe that. Jesus. All right. Once again, happy birthday, stepdad. Thank you. Thank you for spending your birthday with us. I would think of nothing um, better. Instead, instead of a, eating a, you know, a, a succulent Chinese meal. Or whatever would or whatever you would be otherwise be doing. And on that note, fellas, I'll talk to you on Sunday or Monday. It may be Monday. I'm I'm only coming home from the coast on Monday. Righto. Well, I'll talk to you then. Slatter. See ya. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.